God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. On the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord Jesus visited us, saying, Seal my people by my word. As the angel ascending out of the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. The angel ascending from the east, not descending, but ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. Now somebody said, why the seal? Because seal, there is to protect. A sign of ownership. Just as Rebecca was put a bracelet on by the servant, being Isaac's wife. Literally a sign of ownership. We are sealed. We're God's husbandry. We are God's people. Seal the servants of our God in their forehead. Revelation 7. But there are steps to that sealing before we get there. And currently, we are looking at the coronavirus, COVID-19. How many questions are being asked? Is this from God? Is it from Satan? Or is it just some man-made virus? Is it some kind of conspiracy theory? What is the biblical solution? The biblical answer to what is coronavirus, COVID-19? Well, God said, in all things, he said, Shall there be evil in the city? And I, the Lord God, have not done it. I kill, I make alive. I wound, I heal. I, the Lord, do all these things. Deuteronomy 32. God does all these things. There's nothing that the devil can do that surprises God. In his sovereignty, God knows uh, uh, the end from the beginning. And all things uh, are according to his will. He has his will, his way in the wind and in the whirlwind. He said, I cause it to rain upon one city and not upon another. And still they would not call upon me. They would not repent. In the last days, we are told that God will do a great work. We see it in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Now, John is Jehovah favored. It's the only disciple that not that did not die a mortar's death. And it's also for our examples. He is our fellow laborer in temptation and fellow sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ. John was on the Isle of Patmos when he wrote this book sometime 92 AD, 95 AD, somewhere in there being over 90 years old. And they had tried to boil John and he wouldn't boil. So they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos. And he wrote the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him for one reason, to show unto God's servants things that must shortly come to pass. These things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Jesus said, I have many things to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. When the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, he'll speak of me for all the Father's given is given unto me. And what he hears, he will declare unto you and show you things. These things are the things of faith. The things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. We're talking about the eternal things. 
Paul put it this way. I have not attained yet. Neither am I already perfect. But he said, I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things which are behind. Reaching forth in those things which are before. Pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. There is a mark there. Pressing toward the mark. The mark's the tithe. It's not the beginning, the alaf, or the A, but it's the tav. It is the Z. A, B, C, D, E, all the way to the Z. It's overcoming to the end. And the, to receive and obtain that reward. That we might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which we also suffer. And our faith groweth exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. Paul said, we're bound to thank God for you and all your persecution and tribulations that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. The sufferings of Christ. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. There, Paul said, we're troubled on every side, but not in stress, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest in us. For we which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of our Lord Jesus may be manifest in our mortal bodies. And our light affliction, which is only but for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, talking about the coronavirus, the COVID-19, and it's spreading is in a pandemic form and throughout many countries and nations, continents, and it has people upset, and rightly so. But who did it? God sends all things. It shall be evil and sinning out of the Lord. God hath not done it. The Lord has his way in the wind and in the whirlwind. Somebody said, well, the Lord's not angry. No, he's not angry. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Look at Hosea 6. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn. He will heal us. Oh, somebody said, oh, no, Brother Beard. God doesn't tear. God doesn't do these things. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes, we know that, to kill, destroy, kill, steal, and destroy your faith. Your relationship with God, your standing with the Lord. But the the pestilences, the plagues, the earthquakes in divers places, we give the devil too much glory, thinking that the devil did this, the devil did that. Friend, God has his way. Shall there be evil in the city and I the Lord God had not done it? That evil is raw, trouble, tribulation. When we see Hosea 6, come and let us return to the Lord. He wants us to return unto him in present truth. For the past of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. That light shines more and more. The light of the glory of God that's manifest in and through the believer. Where we grow up into Jesus in all things. 
and those things are the things of faith. For the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. That we will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but being established in the faith, in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've earnestly been contending, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That faith is the testimony of Jesus. It's knowing those things in present truth. Faith is the substance of things. That's the present truth in the proceeding word of God. Not something that happened 20, 30 years ago, 2,000 years ago, but present truth as a proceeding word of God, direct from the throne of God in the present light, walking in the light as he is in the light. Then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. The coronavirus is just another a tap on our shoulder. Come and let us return to the Lord. Somebody said, well, we're already there. We're Christians, not realizing we're to grow up into him in all things unto a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Woe be to them that are at ease in Zion. We're to be stirred up. We're to be pressing toward that mark. He said, I'll search Jerusalem with candles, candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. The Lord wants us stirred up earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We find in the coronavirus that God is the one that sends it. The pestilences, the plagues, earthquakes in diverse places, all these are the beginning of sorrows. That's the beginning of birth pangs. Birth pangs are what? To bring forth Jesus in you unto perfection, unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. You see whom he did foreknow according to the foreknowledge of God, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, them that he predestinated, them he also called, them that he called, he also justified, and them that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Not something less than that, but the fullness of glory. We find in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, John, in his epistle, tells us that there are different levels and stages of growth in the glory revealed in the body of Christ. Now the newborn babes desire then sincere miracle of the word they may grow thereby. And the first level of growth is little children. And John writes, he said, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I ran to you, little children, because you've known the Father. There's two criteria there. Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake because you've been born of the water and of the Spirit. Peter had the keys of the kingdom. And it's not just asking Jesus to come into your heart. It's not just saying the sinner's prayer. It's being born again of the water and of the Spirit, as proclaimed by Peter on the day of Pentecost, being the preacher because he had the keys to the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. We find that in Matthew 7, uh, Matthew 16. They, uh, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But who do ye say I am? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. 
Simon Barjona, flesh and blood, had not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. This is a heavenly revelation, a revelation of the Holy Ghost. Thou art Peter, not Simon Barjona anymore, not Simon to hear, Barjona, Bar being that of the world, Chaldean Bar, son, but Peter, a piece of the rock. Thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is the revelation of Christ, the Son of God, Father, revealed in a body of flesh and blood. He is that Spirit. The Lord is that Spirit. Not Spirit Junior, not Jehovah Junior, but God Himself manifest in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. And He said, Peter, I'll also give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you shall bound upon earth, shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose upon earth, be loose in heaven. Now, Peter had the keys of the kingdom. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Peter having that revelation that it is the name of God, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ. Therefore, saying, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, for the promises unto you, your children, to as many as for all, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. If he's called you, you must be born of the water and the Spirit. That growth is little children. I'm writing to you little children. 1 John 2, 12-14 Because your sins are forgiven for His namesake and you've known the Father. Well, you've known the Father. You have said Jesus is the Father of glory. You know that. You've had the revelation of the Father that there is one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, the Father of all, through all and in us all. He is the Father of glory. That Spirit the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, El Shaddai, Elohim, Jehovah, is none other than Jesus Christ. He is God with us. He is God manifest in the flesh. The mystery of Godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. The mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. That in, in Him should all fullness dwell. Oh, in Him dwelleth all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in one body. That's Jesus Christ. The blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach into nor see nor can see. That's the first feeling. That's the first level of growth. That is the little children. But we have to grow up. Whosoever you yield your members of service to obey and with the servants to whom you obey, whether sin and the death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Don't anybody tell you, you do not have to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. If you do not obey the leading of the Holy Ghost, it is iniquity, lawlessness. Their obedience unto righteousness is obeying the Holy Ghost, for the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. There he said, I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you. I've written you young men because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one.
How did you overcome? Through the word. The word of God is strong in you. How do you get to young men? How did you grow from little children to young men? Well, Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holding acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove was it good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for you is. That's the only way you do the will of God, and you know to do the will of God, is through the word of God that is strong in you. And through that word, you overcome the wicked one. That is doing the will of God. We see in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, the bylaws of the kingdom of heaven. But we find in Matthew 7 that Jesus said, not all that saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Well, Lord, no man can call Jesus Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty, except by the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, not all that saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. But that Lord is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, not Lord Junior, not Jehovah Junior, that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. That man, that same Jesus, whom you crucified, Acts 2.36, that all the house of Israel know assuredly, that same Jesus, whom you crucified, who is he? God hath made him both Lord, capital L-O-R-D, and Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is that spirit. Now you are, you are young men, but that doesn't stop there. There's one more level, and that is of fathers. The fathers there, I've written unto you fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. That's the last day, final glory to be revealed in the saints with a final sealing in their forehead. It's the mind of Christ. He says it twice. First John 2, verse 12 through 14. I write unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that's from the beginning. Who is him that's from the beginning? Well, that's the son of man, the kingdom office. John three thirteen. no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. Jesus standing there in shoe leather. Well, what came down from heaven? The Word. God sent His Word and healed Him. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Who was in the beginning? Jesus, even though in the days of His flesh, said, I many things to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. That means before He went to the cross, there was going to be more to come for the body of Christ. What's coming? Greater glory. You're going to go from little children to young men. And in the final last days, growing up unto fathers, knowing him that's from the beginning. That is the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man in the image of Jesus Christ. In the knowledge, you will have the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge is not gnosko. Gnosko, where we don't know him at the flesh, but know him after the spirit. That's knowing Jesus epigonosco. 
epi, much higher glory, and the full image of Jesus Christ. Somebody says, that's impossible. No, it's not. Jesus said, be you perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Not so you'd miss the mark. Hebrews 4. Paul says, Take heed lest a single promise, lest a promise slip any of you that you should keep, seem to come short of entering into his rest. Therefore, there remains a rest to the people of God. If Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. Jesus spoke of another day. The day is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. The time is coming future, and now is present truth. Those that hear, that's present truth. The voice of the Son of God shall live. That's present throne room revealing Jesus, the living word, to you, the body of Christ, receiving it, trusting in it, adhering to it, obeying it, and then Yielding the fruits of righteousness. For whosoever you yield your members, if servants to obey him, or the servants to whom you obey, of obedience unto righteousness. Now he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For the forerunner has already entered in. He proceeded from the Father, came into the world. He fulfilled the law, died, buried, and rose again, and went back to the Father. Not beside the Father, not around the Father, but is set down with the Father in his throne. Revelation 3. We find him, the him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, down with my Father in his throne. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the final glory. To know him that's from the beginning is in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Yes, it is. The word was God, is God, and is to come God. Because on Jesus' vesture dipped in blood, his name is called the word of God. Revelation 19, 13. He is that word. The word of God. We taste, handled, and seen the word of God. 1 John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was that word, and we have known him that's from the beginning. We know the purpose of God, which he purposed uh, for the glory, for his glory. Jesus Christ that works salvation in and of himself when it comes to be glorified in and through his saints. Roddy walked to usward, the body of Christ, when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Ephesians 1. What is this coronavirus? It is of God. Of course it is. We see many, many scriptures in the word of God. Many people will quote Second uh, Chronicles 7, uh, 13 on. And we'll get to that. Uh, Deuteronomy 32. God said, I kill, I make alive. I wound, I heal. I, the Lord, do all these things that you may know that I am the Lord. Beside me, there's no other God. Say that I am thy Lord, thy Redeemer, thy Savior, 
and beside me there is none other. For the Lord will, the Lord Jesus will judge his people. For the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of evil. Of what evil? Well, of pestilence, plagues, swords, nor some beasts. This tribulation and persecution that we have gone through, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. What is the righteous judgment of God? What's a righteous token? What's that manifest token of the righteous judgment of God? Well, the persecution and tribulation that you endure. Trouble. What trouble? Well, yes, persecution. Persecution from the world. Persecution from the brethren. Persecution that you'll be hated of all nations. For my name's sake, some of you deliver up and she'll kill you. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 10, Luke 21. What is those persecutions? You're hated of all nations for his name's sake. They're going to throw you into prison for 10 days. Be you faithful unto death. I'll give you a crown of life. Right. Blessed are they that die in the Lord. From henceforth and forever, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. They're faithful unto death. Sealing their testimony with their own blood. Somebody said, well, I hadn't heard a gospel like that. Well, you not only believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. 1 Peter 4, 1, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Be ye therefore likewise minded. Arm yourselves with that same mind. That mind is what you will see in the sealing of God's servants in their foreheads. That's the mind of Christ. That this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not Robert be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. God laid aside his glory, made himself of no reputation. The kenosis took upon him the form of a servant. Who is that servant? Isaiah 43.10 says, Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant, whom I have chosen, sounds like there's two, but there's not, that you may know and, and understand and believe me, not believe your denominations, not believe your bishops or apostles or whatever, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he, the Lord is that servant. Before me, there was no God formed. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. That was God's own body. God manifest in the flesh. His name is Jesus. He is the son of God, the father revealed. That you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Isaiah 43, 10. Why is God doing these pestilence, plagues, seals, trumpets, and vials before his second coming? For us to return to the Lord. Look at Isaiah. To whom hath our arm of the Lord been revealed? The Lord being revealed. As he walks, so should we walk. Hosea 6, 1. Come and let us return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. Somebody said, I thought we were already there. Come and let us return unto the Lord. For he hath torn. Who did? Man-made doctrine? Man-made pestilence and plagues? Wuhan? No. For he hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. And he will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. Well, we're past the second day. 
there's not revivals now. There's a new thing coming. That's the reason there's a long lapse between the season of Pentecost Shabbat and the seasons of the Moed of God until you get the tabernacles and the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of the Gathering. A long period lapses, just like there was a long period between uh, the, the minor prophets. You got uh, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets all the way to Malachi, and then there was a long silence over 400 years. Then Gabriel come on the scene. He visited uh, Zacharias as he was in the order of Abijah. And as he was doing the work of that high priest, the work of the priesthood uh, there in the holy place, the angel Gabriel visited him. Elizabeth was barren, said, you're going to have a son, and he'll be a forerunner. A voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the paths of the Lord. In that third month, Mary was then impregnated by believing the word of the Lord. Gabriel came unto Mary, hail thou greatly favored of God. And she marveled at that salutation and said, uh, you're going to bring forth a son and he shall be called the son of the highest or he shall save his people from their sins. She said, how can this thing be seeing I know not a man? Well, the angel said, the Holy Ghost, the Most High will overshadow you, overshadow you. And that which is born of thee is of the Holy Ghost. When she heard that, she agreed with the word of God. She said, be unto thine handmaid according to thy word. Immediately she was pregnant because she believed the word. The same way that we must believe the proceeding word of God in the last days to become impregnated with this Jesus in you, that engrafted word of God that's able to save you, becoming one with the word, and then for you to bring forth the man-child, Jesus, caught up to God and to his throne, you, the body of Christ. They keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. You see in Revelation 19.10, John sees a man. He is for sure and certain that this is Jesus Christ. He bows down to worship him. He said, see that thou, see thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow brethren and of thy servants and thy fellow brethren and the prophets and our brethren that have something, that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. What is this testimony of Jesus? For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit, small s, of prophecy. What's that spirit of prophecy? That you becoming one with the word, the engrafted word that's able to save you, and knowing those things that are coming upon the face of the earth to try the earth. Knowing those things of faith that's given to the servants of God of these things that must shortly come to pass. Pestilence, plagues, earthquakes in diverse places are the beginning of birth pains, sorrows, 
so that you can bring forth Jesus in you. Somebody said, I believe it's going to be a revival. Honey, there's going to be a move of God greater than any revival that you've ever seen. Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Glorified by the Father's own self, John 17, 5. These pestilence, plagues, persecutions, tribulations are nothing but a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God. Why? Because you've overcome them. You've overcome the world. You've overcome the devil. You've overcome your own flesh. You've seen these signs, pestilence, plagues, earthquakes in diverse places. You believe the word. It's a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. God causes these things. We give him glory. Why? Because we know that the Lord is calling us for a measure of the stature of Jesus Christ, of himself, that he would be glorified in and through us, the body of Christ. There we have in the book of the Revelation, the final sealing of the servants of God in their forehead. This is before the four winds hurt the sea and the earth and the trees. Before they do, they said, wait until we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Why? Because it is necessary for this word, this proceeding word of God in present truth, not an Acts 2 truth, Acts 2.38 or John 3.16, but the revelation of Jesus Christ, this little book, the book of the revelation, seals, trumpets, and vows. This book that's showing us things in the revelation of Jesus that must shortly come to pass. Somebody said, well, that's a terrible book. We read seals, we read trumpets, we sing vows. These judgments of God. Oh, it's horrible in the earth. Uh, under the pale horse rider, one fourth of the population dies. If there's 8 billion people, over 8 billion people on the face of the earth, that means over 2 billion people will die. Yes. And under the trumpets, one-third die. And under the vials filled up the wrath of God, one-half of the people die. That's for us. The beginning of birth pangs. But there's a ceiling before these winds hurt the earth. And I heard the number of them that were sealed. And God's doing that sealing now. This is just a preview of things to come. There's been many influences. Black plague, swine flu, Hong Kong flu. And here's another one. And it mutates. Yes, it does. Will they find a cure? If God allows it, yes. But there are, are signs, seasons, days, and years. And this is what's happening now. We see in Hosea 6, he said, Come and let us return to the Lord. For he has torn. Who did? He did. Why? To destroy us? No. He hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. Consider my servant Job as an example of long suffering. He told the devil, Have you considered my servant Job faithful in all of his ways? Satan said, yeah, you break that hedge and you take that hedge down from Job 
and let me touch him skin for skin, and he'll curse you. God said, he's in your hand, just don't kill him. Job went through a time there. Some will say two years, others up to five years of scraping the flesh off of his bones. And one day, we have the Sabaeans come. He destroys his flock. All his sheep and all his cattle are gone. We find the east wind falling down upon the house, killing seven sons and three daughters. Only left is Job and his wife. And she says, curse God and die. He said, you speak as one of the foolish women. Job knew what was happening with famines, pestilence, swords, noisome bees, earthquakes in diverse places, all the ease, all the beginning of sorrow. Job knew, shall we not have good at the hand of the Lord? Shall we not suffer evil also? Suffer trouble also? And all this, Job sinned not, but maintained his integrity. The people that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. They will overcome the devil. They'll overcome the world. I'll tell you what, take a look at at, uh, uh, 2 Chronicles and you're going to find this quoted many, many times in many, many churches. But you're going to find that no other denominations, no matter how long they've been in existence, will come to that knowledge of Jesus Christ. You've got to come out because there be divisions and heresies and denominations. Paul said, I partly believe it. This will hinder the work of God. When you seek the Lord God, he will lead you out. And he will be your reward. He will be the author and the finisher of your salvation. Not some denomination. Not some bishop over you telling you what to do. The Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you. And that's what you see in 1 John 2.20. You have an unction from the Holy One. You have no need that any man teach you. Well, somebody said, well, yeah, but there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Yes, but they minister through the Holy Ghost, not through themselves, not to what they think is right, but through the leading of the Holy Ghost, through that anointing. The anointing is where they have become one with the word there and have made full proof of their ministry. That is that they are not called, chosen, but also faithful, and that after God finding them faithful, putting them into the ministry. That's the anointing. The anointing is the truth of Christ speaking through them, not some denominational doctrine. Christ speaking through them. And that's where many err. They say, well, they're good people. Uh, you know, they do good in the land. And uh, in the community, they do a good service. So, uh, you know, we're going to follow this denomination or that one. Follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God will lead you and guide you in all truth. Everyone else will deceive you, will uh, will let you down. Jesus will never let you down. He will lead you and guide you in all truth. Take a look at 2 Chronicles 7. And Solomon said a prayer. And talking about we are coming from... uh, the tabernacle of Moses, that's dedicated in Passover. This is what we see in the book of Acts. Shabbat, Pentecost, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Not a second early, not a second late. It's exactly the season of God right on time. 
But now we're coming into tabernacles. We're not Pentecostals. We're tabernacles. We're going into a deeper, higher season of glory than Pentecost for those that have an ear to hear. But there was a long delay between Shabbat, the Feast of Weeks, and the season of tabernacles where you had five feasts of the Lord, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. There we have this delay. We don't see what we saw in the book of Acts. We don't see the healings and miracles that we did. Yes, because you're going to see something far, far greater. In the last days, God will cause to come down the last great reign of his strength. Zechariah 10, 1, ask you for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make bright clouds, send forth showers to everyone, grass in the field. That's the latter rain of the Holy Ghost. The last great rain of his strength. Just like he said he would do in Hosea for us to return to him. Come and let us return to the Lord. Hosea 6, 1 through 4. For he has torn. He'll heal us. He's smitten. He will bind us up. There's been tornadoes. There's been plagues. There's been, there's been hate, uh, hated of all nations for his namesake. There's been murders. There's been mortars for the cause of Christ. All these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pains. There, he said, after the second day, I'll revive you. Not revival now. We're in the third day. And in the third day, what's happening in the third day? Third day's been 3,000 years since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the forerunner entering in the heaven itself, sat down with the Father in that throne. Jesus said, no more you'll ask the Father in my name. You ask me. I say not, I'll say. You ask in my name. I say not, I'll pray the Father for you because he is the Father. For all that the Father's given is given unto me. Therefore, I said you would ask me. And he said, he will show you things. He will deliver those things to us. We find there in Solomon's temple. That's, that's dedicated in tabernacles. In the seventh month in Tishri. Not Passover. In, uh, in, in Abib and in Nisan. But in that seventh month. A long time has left since Shabbat. Since Acts the second chapter. The day of Pentecost. Now we're coming into that book of sevens. That book of sevens is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven devils, seven angels to the seven churches. This is where we are now. The book of sevens. The book of consummation. The book of uh, prophecy. Uh, the book of uh, season of tabernacles. The book of this prophecy. That book of those ceilings, the book of the final consummation of all things. That's where we are. He expects us to be fully grown, not little children, for all the children of the kingdom will be cast out. They'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now, young men, because we're going on to fathers. Though you have many instructors in Christ and 10,000 instructors in Christ and many teachers, yet you have not many fathers. The fathers there come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus. And these are the two sons of old that you see about in Zechariah 4. Zechariah 3, these are men wondered at. Signs and wonders. We find there in Solomon's temple that's dedicated in Tishri, in the seventh month, in the Feast of Tabernacles. We find that in Haggai 2, that in the 21st day of the seventh month, Tishri, 
Ethnaim. We find that at that time, the God will shake the heavens. And those that desire of all nations will come. And he said, I'll make the glory of that latter house greater than that one of the former in the book of Acts. I'll make it greater. All the silver and gold is mine. And I'll make the glory of the latter house greater than that of the former. We find that in Solomon. Solomon made a prayer to God and the dedication of the temple. He's talking about that last day season of God, the book of Revelation, not book, not, not, uh, uh, back into Pentecost again, but for the consummation of things, the book of sevens, these seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials. Somebody said, Oh, but it's a terrible book. All these things and people dying. And yes, friend, it's coming to pass. It will come to pass. And greater things than these shall you see. Because Jesus said, I go to my Father. We see in there in Second Chronicles, and I'm going to read this. So you can see verse Second Chronicles 7, verse 13. Well, look at verse 12. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I've heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. How did you do the will of God? I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but you transform by the renewing of your mind. You've got to have that mind of Christ that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. If we don't have that will of God, we'll hear, even though we know he's Lord, Lord. Matthew 7 said, some will not be able to enter in. Because they did not do the will of my Father. They did not do the will of God. They did not go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus. Everyone must do their will. Different ministrations, but the same spirit. Some will say, well, Lord, we prophesy in your name. We've done many wonderful works in your name. We've cast out devils in your name. Jesus will say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. For I never knew you. Ye that work iniquity. Yes, lawlessness. You weren't led of the Holy Ghost. You were led of the Holy Ghost, but you didn't obey. The Holy Ghost, you quenched that Spirit of God. You didn't, didn't do that which the Holy Ghost led you to do. It was lawlessness. You did not follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. As many as the led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Coronavirus is just another pestilence, another plague. Another thing upon the earth, earthquakes in diverse places, all these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pangs. Why? So that we may return back to God. Here is Solomon. It's by night. The night's far spent. The day is the day. The morning star. And we find God said, I, if I shut up heaven. Who did? God did. And there be no rain. God said, I caused it to rain on one city and not on another. But still, you would not turn to me. But he said, if I shut up heaven that it rain not, you've got, you've got a total drought. And, or if I command the locust to devour the land. The locust horde. Well, what locust? Well, you see that in Joel 1. The palm oil, the caterpillar. My great 
army that are sent among you that thou mayest know them and what? Try their ways. It's to try us. It's a trial of our faith. Through diverse temptations, though it be tried as by fire, may come forth unto pure gold. Believe in God in all things. So you're cast into the, the burning, fiery furnace. Jesus is there with you. So you're tried, tempted. Even as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's there with you. He'll never leave you, never, never forsake you. Paul said, I've learned how to be a base, learned how to abound. I've learned in whatsoever state that I am in, therewith to be content. For the Lord has said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. At this time of tabernacles, at this time of the season, of the seventh month in dedication to Solomon, he's dedicating the temple, what temple we are. It's for our example. He says, if I command the locust to devour the entire land, that locust horde of Revelation 9 under the fifth trumpet, given the key, the angel given the key to the abyss, the bottomless pit. And there came out Apollyon and Abaddon, the destroyer. And there were locusts, a plague of locusts, that you hurt only the men that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. We have to understand there's going to be fam- famines, pestilence, plagues, noisome beasts, God's four sword judgments that he puts in the land. We must be as Job. Yea, though God slay me, yet I will trust in him. Those skin worms eat this body, yet in my flesh I will see God. There's a resurrection. There's a resurrection. And Job knew it. Consider Job as an example of long-suffering. If I command these locusts, notice that locust plague over in Revelation 9, under the fifth trumpet, has a duration of five months that it will strike with the tails of scorpions and they hurt men that have not the seal of God in their foreheads for five months. That five months is a life plague of a locust. We also see that Jesus said that in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating, drinking, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and God shut the door. God shut the door. He sealed that door. When he sealed that door, that's the same sealing you see in Revelation 7, verse 2. The Revelation 7, verse 2 is that sealing. God's doing it now, friend. Somebody said, well, I don't believe that's God. I believe that's Satan doing it. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I believe that that is of the work of Satan. Friend of mine, give God the glory. Don't give Satan that glory. God said, I'm the one. I kill, I make alive. I wound, I heal. Shall there be evil in the city? I, the Lord God, had not done it. The Lord does all these things. Give him the glory due unto his name. God said, why? Because come and let us return to the Lord. For I have torn. I'm the one that did it. I'll heal you. I have smitten you, but I will bind you up. After the second day, I'll revive you. And the third day, we're in the third day. And in the third day, I will raise you up and you will live in my sight. That's a final last day move of God. That's a final last day sealing of God in our foreheads. That's not little children. That's not young men. That's the fathers coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
That is where we're at. It's not revival again, friend. It's a new thing. Though a man tell a new thing in the land, uh, yet they will not believe it. God said, I'll do a new thing. A woman will compass a man. There you have it. In Revelation 12, a woman compassing a man, the man child, crying, travailing in birth, pain to be delivered. She brought forth a man child, but there was a great red dragon. At a wonder in heaven, a great red dragon, having seven heads, ten horns, and ten crowns upon his head, and went out to devour her child as soon as it was born. The denominations will fight this. Those that do not understand God and have a ceiling will fight this. They will fight that last day work of God, the work of the ministry, not realizing what the work of the ministry is. They don't understand that God is doing a work, and it's a strange work. Isaiah 28 said, and it's an act. It's a strange act. Don't mock at it, lest your bands be made strong. That's the bands of your heart. For I've heard of the Lord of hosts, a consumption decreed upon all the earth. Somebody said, well, no, it's not going to be on the righteous. Read Ezekiel 21. Your prophets are like the foxes in the desert. They have not gone up the gap nor made up the hedge for the children of thy people to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. Ezekiel 13. Ezekiel 21 is a sword that's pulled out of the sheath. And God said, I'll whet my glittering sword in heaven and my hand will take hold on judgment. What if I glit my glittering sword and pull it out of the, uh, the sword out of its sheath? It shall be against all flesh, against the righteous as well as the wicked. Somebody said the righteous? Yes, read it. Ezekiel 21. Against the righteous as well as the wicked. Why? That all flesh may know that I, God, have drawn forth my sword and it shall be against all flesh. What if the rod contem what if the sword contemneth the rod of my son? It shall be no more. This is the last day work of God once and for all to bring the body of Christ to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And somebody said, Well, I believe there's gonna be revival. Oh, well, I believe God gave me a three part vision, and I've seen this, and then I've seen angels singing over. Friend, get into the word of God. Seals, trumpets, and vials. That's what is going to happen. The white horse rider, come and see. Those are the ones that are proclaiming the everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness to all nations. The everlasting gospel is not being uh, literally carried out by a denominal church. It is a great company that will publish the word. That is a feminine uh, company. That's the bride of Christ, not denomination. God will share his glory with no denomination. Somebody said, well, I've been in this denomination and that one. You won't see the glory until you come out and touch not the unclean thing, following the Lord and not being subject uh, uh, to a man-made denomination. The Lord said in, in Hebrews 12 that he will not shake earth only he hath promised yet much more. He will not shake earth only, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. What? Man-made organizations, man-made denominations. Every man-made denomination, not one will see the glory of God. Somebody said, how dare you? No. God said there's, that there's heresies. There's divisions among you. There's denominations among you. And God said, I'll have nothing to do with it. You boarded up what God did and put your name on it. But God will have nothing. He will share no glory with you. Only the ones that will hear for the time to come. 
to the law and to the testimony. If any man speak not according to this word, it is because there's no light in them. Not some light, no light. What law? The law of the spirit of life. What testimony? The testimony of Jesus' spirit of prophecy. God revealing it to the ones that will have here to hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. You have to come out. Sealing God's people is not, he didn't say go to the denominations, Brother Beard, and seal my people. He didn't say call the bishops and seal. He said seal my people by my word. He said I'll speak your name to those that have an ear to hear. If you believe it, fine. If you don't, what are you? Somebody said, what are you? I'm just a shoe shine boy. Pop the rag and shine your shoes. We're nothing. He is everything. We must decrease. He must increase. But friend of mine, you go to there and you're going to go to your presbyter or you're going to go to your overseer because you have to give an account to him and he'll tell you, cool your heels, boy. You don't know what you're talking about. You're getting too fanatical. You better get fanatical. You better get on the front burner. You better get on there on the word of God. You better get on the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, because no one else is going to be sealed. Friend of mine, this there the Lord God is calling his people out right now and sealing those that have an ear to hear for the time to come. Oh, that they were wise, that they would understand their latter end. For the Lord will judge his people. Repent himself of the evil. When he sees there's powers gone, their power, not Holy Ghost power, their power's gone. There's none shut up or left. Man will come to the end of himself. There will be no, the great man, a man of, will fall down in that day. All will give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And only those of a broken and contrite spirit that will heed his voice, broken and contrite, will be sealed. The rest will die. I'm sorry, friend. Somebody said, well, I believe in this denomination. I started this denomination. I've been in this church for 40, 50, 60 years. Friend, come you out from among them and be you separate. Somebody said, how dare you? I think God's love. Yes, he's love. But you better read the judgments of God manifest in the earth. For thou hast judged the great whore. Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of hearts and abomination there. Somebody said, that's the devil. Let me tell you something. He said in Babylon over there, in Genesis 49, he said, Babylon is a golden cup in the Lord's hand. That Babylon is nothing but a cup in God's hand. All that devil is a dog on God's leash. That wicked one touches you not. Hallelujah unto God. Friend, the Lord Jesus said right here, he said, if my people... If that locust plague comes, if he sends pestilence among the people, what do you do? Get by and cry, have a prayer circle, holler at each other, call each other, stay home, hide, get in a cave? No. He said, my people which are called by my name. Number one, you got to be called by the name of Jesus. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you're not called by his name. As many as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ and their sins are forgiven for his name's sake because they've taken on the name of Jesus of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. My people are called by my name. How did you get that name? Well, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. You took on the name of Jesus at that time. Call by his name. You don't, may not have the Father's name written in your forehead yet, 
but you're called by his name. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. And the whole family in heaven and earth is named that name, Jesus. And uh, you, you, what? Are, you filled with the Holy Ghost. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory. But now you have to obey that leading of the Holy Ghost. You have to obey that spirit. The Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. You're called by that name. But now you have to have obedience under righteousness. And the last step is the sealing of the servants of God in your forehead, the mind of Christ. That right there, somebody said, well, uh, I don't see how that everybody in the world in these denominations can be wrong. Friend, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of hearts and abomination of the earth has deceived the whole world. Made drunk the wine of the rat of, of the, of her fornication. All nations made the drink of the wine of her fornication. It was a cup in God's hand because you didn't have a heart for God. You didn't search you out of the book and read. You took what the pastor said behind the pulpit to be the truth. Search you out of the book and read. Not one of these things will fail. Search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me, Jesus said. In the volume of the book, it's written to me. I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. God, me, prepared himself a body. God, that's God's own body. Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. But someone said, no, it's God Jr., Brother Beard. Don't you believe in Trinity? No. Because Mr. Babylon, the great tomorrow of the harvest and abomination of the earth, is let us get us a name. Lest we be scattered upon the earth. We don't want to suffer for his name's sake. Nimrod built that temple. He built that pyramid. He built that that Babel. And God therefore did confuse their language. And they're confused to this day. They will not give Jesus the glory of the Father Elohim El Shaddai. The glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. God himself. Because you don't do that. God will send pestilences. He will send plagues. Earthquakes in divers places until we come and return to the Lord Jesus Christ and not another. The Lord will do all the judgments of God for one reason, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am God beside me. There is no other Savior. Deuteronomy 32. You can see it. All the judgments of God are made manifest in the earth. Revelation 15. Why? Because you, Lord, thy judgments are made manifest in the earth and the people of God sing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, the song of the redeemed. Right now, God's doing this work. It's not little revival. Somebody said, well, we're going to have revival at church when as soon as this coronavirus is over, friend of mine, get a hold of the horns of the altar. Come out from her. Say, God, lead me and guide me. Let me know my place in the body of Christ. You mean business with God. He's going to lead you out. Somebody said, well, I'll be all alone. Yeah, but you'll be alone with God. He'll lead you in that wilderness. He'll put you with a true body of Christ. It won't have some denominational flag over it, you know, telling you what to do. Somebody said, well, Jerusalem, they tell the other churches what to do at Ephesus, Smyrna, Thyatira. No, they didn't. No, they did not. Every church had their own elders and had their own church, church government in every local body that they did. Ordained elders and everything. Why? Because they oversaw the church. Jerusalem didn't oversee nothing. Hallelujah unto God. Somebody said, well, they sent to Jerusalem for the ones about the circumcision over there in Antioch. Well, yes, they did. Because it came from Jerusalem that those that, that problem came from Jerusalem to begin with. But they did not lord over them. 
They did not tell him to do it. If you don't do this, I'm going to pull you before a bunch of presbyters, presbyters <laughs> and a board there. No, you have to get and seek the Lord yourself. And when you do, when you do and say, God, I'm going to do your will as you give me this different ministration of my ministry, I'm going to do it. When you do it, mean business because he's going to lead you out to lead you in. And you're going to find yourself in the wilderness, my friend. And that's where exactly where the body of Christ is going. When that woman births that man child, two wings of a great eagle will be given to her where she flieth into the wilderness. She's up on the mountaintop into the wilderness where she had the place prepared of God. Not you, prepared of God, where she's nourished from the face of the serpent for a time, times dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months, the three and a half year reign of Jesus Christ. They think it's revival. There's no such thing. This is going to be such a new thing. It's never been done before. And we'll get to that in the next podcast. Let's see when it says those that are called by my name. You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. To be called by his name, you've called by the name of Jesus. You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus to put on that name. And then those that are called by my name, he's talking to you and you only. Not this Trinitarian bunch, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He's talking to the ones that are taking on the name of Jesus. If those that are called by my name, the real people of God, shall what? Shall humble themselves and pray. Now, it's fine to have a little prayer circle, prayer church in your church, but what? Because they have to do something and seek my face. Now that face is the present glory and the present truth of God flowing from the throne. It's not just, oh, well, uh, you know, we're going to pray, Jesus, forgive us. Forgive us of what? Repent. Repent from what? You got to repent and do your first works over. Ephesus. What was the first works? Works of the company salvation. What is that? Walking in the light as he's in the light. Not, not setting back what you did 10 years ago, two years ago. Talk about how God used to move over there. Oh, 20 years ago, God did a great service in this, in this church. No, today, right now, present truth. He told the church at Ephesus that they repent and do your first works over. You've gotten mechanical worship at that point. Uh, he said, I have a few things against him. Repent and do your first works over. Repent. That means repent. And do what? Believe the word of God in present truth now. Do those works that accompany salvation. Carry that, that ministration in present truth. Walk in the light as he's in the light. Repent. You gotta repent unto what? Unto the present truth. Knowing, knowledge. Where'd you get the knowledge? You had it to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. That's not intellectual knowledge of the world. That's a knowledge of God. That is a proceeding word of God in the present truth. Then you've got to add to that knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience. What does that mean? That means you're going to suffer for that word. Tribulation worketh patience. You're not going to get patience without suffering for that word. He give you faith. Yes, you've got to add to that faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. But then knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience. The mind of God must be temperate, self-controlled in all things. And then what? Patience. But let patience have a perfect work. What work that patience? Tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Experience worketh hope. Hope make it not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. Now patience. That after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience. Now that's holding on by faith. And you'll reap if you faint not. Then patience. Godliness. There's your God life. 
That's a God life you're walking as a living epistle, godliness. The Lord using you as a living epistle, the light of the world. And then from godliness of brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness to the final step, charity. Charity is not love. Charity is a love for God based in doing his will. The ones that love God keep his commandments. It's not just I love God and go out and lie, cheat, and steal. You're a liar. The truth's not in you. He that does not walk in the light is he's in the light. And he that walks in darkness is still in his sins. Even now, John said in his epistle. Those must walk in the light as he's in the light. Then you have fellowship one with another. Blood flow. And the blood of Jesus then cleanses you from all sin. Second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour. Well, then you finally get to charity, and charity will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because it's doing the will of God. Charity is the bond, guarantee of perfectness. It's what's going to get you there. Now, you're going to see. We're going to cover the podcast there what it means. This army coming forth, what does it mean? What is this work of God? What is the work of the ministry? We'll be covering this in detail. But right now, what are we supposed to do with coronavirus? What are we supposed to do with COVID-19? It's if people are called by my name, shall them themselves pray and seek my face. What face? The face of God. Somebody said, well, I don't understand. God shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. The face of Jesus Christ? Well, that's good for Jesus. No, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit. Well, we have that spirit, Christ in us. Yes, that's a hope of glory. And with the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. We all with open face, they're seeking the face of God. Your face, the glory of you are being changed into the same image. We all with open face beholding is in a glass, the word of God, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. There you have it, neighbor. You don't just pray. You've got to seek his face. Seek his face as the present glory of God manifests, revealed in the body of Christ, going from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, and to a perfect man, until the knowledge of the Son of God, knowledge is if it can let's go, literally, higher glory, literally an image of Jesus Christ. There you have it, friend. Somebody said, well, I, I just don't see it that way. Well, you go your way, we'll go ours. And then said, but God's calling his people out to bring them in. The ones that understand what famine, peasant, sword, and awesome beast are. Beginning of sorrows, earthquakes in diverse places. This is the beginning of sorrows for us to return to the Lord, get to the place where we are acceptable of God, which is a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. What will God do then? God said, then I will hear from heaven. But we have to turn from our wicked ways. Somebody said, what's the wicked ways? I'm doing the will of God. Are you walking in the light as he's in the light? Do you know the will of God? Do you know the revelation of Jesus Christ and these things, seals, trumpets, and files, and what's happening? Are you are you there and know the work of God and the work of the ministry and what he's doing? Are you just believe, well, we believe we're Pentecostal. We've seen the Holy Ghost, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. No, friend, there's a current work, a current truth that God is doing now, and we have to believe that. We have to believe it and receive it if we're going to take part in it. He said, then you turn from your wicked ways. You believe this present truth. Then, what will he really do? He said, I'll hear from heaven. I will 
forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. There's only one way for that to happen, and that's to turn back to the Lord God Almighty. There's going to be famines, pestilence, sword, plagues, noise and beast. All these are going to happen. But don't let that shake you. All these are the beginnings are. Be not troubled, for all these things will come to pass. Seek the Lord. Seek His face. Seek His glory. Seek the present truth. And the Lord God will lead you and guide you into all truth. Well, this is Brother Dennis Spirit. There, don't let coronavirus scare you. The Lord God has you. He says, the plague won't come neither in thy house. thousand on your left, ten thousand on your right. But the plague won't come thee near thee, near thy house. So we can touch you or not. But we must believe God. We must believe God. Well, we'll be going into, tune into the podcast, sealinggodspeople.org. And we would be going into specific and exactly what the work of the ministry is. What those men call for signs and wonders. Who are they? The body of Christ. What glory? What do they have to believe? What are, where are they headed? What do they have to believe in order to obtain this great glory of the Lord? And tune in and you'll see. God's revealing it to us now for those that have an ear to hear. Well, tune in to Sealing God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.